You're listening to the Quince podcast. The Taliban's takeover of Afghanistan is likely to shift the geopolitical script of the entire world with immediate implications falling on its neighbors India, China and Pakistan. Now Pakistan has been largely accused of arming, training and giving shelter to the Taliban and Pakistani Prime Minister Imran Khan this week also said that the Taliban have quote unquote broken the shackles of slavery which has both raised eyebrows and may also be interpreted as the country supporting them. While China has publicly stated that it is willing to develop quote unquote friendly relations with the Taliban India on the other hand which has poured billions in trade and welfare in Afghanistan has remained mum on the entire issue the only clear response came on 19 august when external affairs minister jay shankar stated that india's approach towards afghanistan will be quote unquote guided by its relationship with the afghan people experts have pointed out that india has placed itself in a tight spot since it has not engaged with the group in the past and has largely condoned it and with china and pakistan with whom india has unsolved border tensions willing to engage with the taliban how will it impact india's regional identity has india missed the bus when it comes to engaging with the taliban in our previous episodes of the big story on the afghanistan crisis we have tried to break down how the taliban took over the country so easily what the humanitarian crisis could signal for president joe biden's government and the freedom of afghan women now that the taliban have taken over the country if you have missed those episodes you can find a link to them in our show notes For today's episode we will discuss the geopolitical implications of Taliban's entrance in the region and its implications on India. For this we spoke with Anil Trangunayat, former Indian envoy to Jordan, Libya and Malta. You're tuned in to the Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline making news for you and I'm your host Emmat. Officially India has always been opposed to the Taliban and even after the ouster it helped Afghanistan rebuild itself with humanitarian and economic aids in fact it has been one of the largest contributors of humanitarian and infrastructural aid to the country with investments reportedly in billions of dollars in projects like schools dams electricity grids and even a new parliamentary building but India may have to reassess its strategies now Its strategic interest has been limited in Afghanistan which has also prevented it from being invited to regional security talks For example the most recent quad summit organized by the US was held between the US Pakistan Afghanistan and Uzbekistan but India was left out however there are also signs that India's outlook towards the terror group may be changing there have been recent hints in diplomatic corridors of communication between India and Taliban with some media reports stating that Indian officials did speak with the Taliban when minister Jay Shankar visited Doha in June but there are also mixed signals with the taliban who recently called out new delhi and asked it to complete its infrastructure projects if india wishes to for a group which india has firmly denounced in the past and has had no formal diplomatic engagements with does india have any leg to stand on when it comes to initiating a dialogue with the taliban former diplomat anil trangunayat believes that given the goodwill that india has established in afghanistan it has not missed the bus though its future with the country depends on how it acts next as far as india is concerned india thought that it has created a, a tremendous uh, goodwill among the people and it is the fact that today uh, every time there have been surveys made by even the western countries indians and india have been found to be the most popular among the afghans right so it wanted to work on that although there might be some contacts uh, with the taliban in one way or the other this is normal diplomatic discourse which is not always in the open but i personally believe that the policy that we followed was right up to an extent 
But when we saw that the Afghan government and Taliban were talking, when we saw that the Americans who were supposed to be the custodians and arbiter of security in the country were talking to them, when we were seeing the Russians and Chinese were talking to them, Pakistan has been spawning them all along. So we had an opportunity of opening some, I would say, takes in that. And uh, we, we naturally, uh, it looks like that we did not take from that. Uh, when Doha agreement was being signed, uh, Indian ambassador represented there, external affairs minister spoke from uh, uh, India online. So there have been efforts and more recently we have seen with Iran and with Russia that India has been involved in this. And we even attended this Troika meeting. In the meantime, the events really flew very fast. And, uh, you know, it was not expected. And most of the world, I think, relied, especially the Western world and India, relied on the U.S. intelligence and assessment. And that is where you have been caught into this quagmire. Now, good thing for India, in my view, is that uh, everything is not lost in that sense of the term. You may not have that kind of an edge and advantage that a Pakistan or a China has, but we definitely have, A, the grassroots level support for India. You have plenty of students here. They have been there. There have been some of the Taliban leaders who have been trained and studied in India also. Right. So this would be. In addition, we think that if, uh, if there is an inclusive government, uh, then there will still be some people who have been exposed to India better uh, in a more positive frame of mind. Thirdly, if we were to believe that Taliban has actually, as it says, it has changed, as it says that it appreciates India's assistance that has been given, as it wants India to complete those 400-odd projects, it has not asked Indians to leave. It has nothing against India. There have been no direct conflicts between India and uh, uh, Taliban. So can we work together on that? But Taliban needs to also build its country. China will be there. They say they will come in. Russians might come there. But at the same time, India is one of the biggest capacity builders in the world. And that's what yeah. Taliban knows very well. And I think that they are being pragmatic about it at this stage. Our biggest concern has been terrorism emanating from there, which they are trying to address to the world. You know, they have they, they, they have told that they will not allow this. I, I doubt their capacity to control it because it is the Pakistan-based terrorist groups which are more harmful to us than the Talibani groups by themselves. So that is, besides, I feel that at the moment, at least during this month, we are chairing the uh, UNSC uh, Security Council. We have already done two uh, meetings and chaired them on Afghanistan and brought into focus the key issues that are there. And uh, I personally saw the statements and I think that the statement was good in one way, that we did not mention Taliban by name in that whole statement of India. That means we are not pointing any blame or responsibility on any country. So that is a very strategically, I think, thought out uh, statement. And I believe that Taliban would have noted that because they have become far more severe and smarter, especially in the public domain nowadays. So I think that the our chips are down, no doubt about it. But there is definitely uh, not that everything is lost. We have to still work with the Iranians. We have to work with the Russians uh, and try to minimize the damage that can be caused by Pakistan and Chinese access. What increases India's challenge in all this are Pakistan and China. China for the past decade has been leveraging its vast pool of economic resources to gain influence and strategic advantages across South Asia, especially in countries like Pakistan and Sri Lanka, where it has invested billions in constructing economic corridors and ports. But when it comes to Afghanistan, it has in the past few years very carefully stepped into the country with investments in mineral resources, but has largely been silent given the heavy US presence in the country. 
However, since the US announced the withdrawal of troops in April, Beijing was quick to engage with the Taliban. China's foreign minister also met with the high-level Taliban delegation on 29 July to discuss future bilateral relations. What does China stand to gain from investments in Afghanistan? What geopolitical interest does it have? Mr. Tringunayat, Vezin. You see, for Pakistan, China is its ironclad friend. Whether it is protecting Pakistan against uh, the, uh, the sanctioning of its uh, Masood Azhars and all that, you know, terrorists in the UNSC. So this has been always standing firm uh, behind Pakistan for its own strategic objective. It uses Pakistan also as a tool to contain India, right? That is that is also, it's one of the objectives. And now the new thing has opened and that is Afghanistan. Afghanistan is the most strategic nation in this whole part of the world. It is, a, it is Central Asia, it is with South Asia to West Asia. So it's connectivity wise, it is one of the most strong geography that we have and a very difficult geography at that. China is also a neighbor of Afghanistan, especially Xinjiang. And in the Xinjiang, where we have the Uyghur problems in China, there are Uyghur Muslims and Turkestan Islamic movement, which is there very much uh, on this side of Afghanistan, in within Afghanistan. So the, the Chinese biggest worry is that these two should not get combined and, you know, become one and one eleven, that type of thing. So it has engaged with Taliban to essentially seek the assurances that the Taliban will not allow uh, these groups to operate against China from here. China, Taliban has promised. That's a very major achievement for them. But whether it will practically succeed or not will remains to be seen. In return, what China is giving them is one is the extension of China-Pakistan economic corridor uh, towards uh, Afghanistan, Kabul Peshawar Road, and also its Wakhan border from Xinjiang into Afghanistan and to Central Asia. That is another roads and all these they, these uh, investments are. Thirdly, Afghanistan has about a trillion dollar opportunity in rare arts and minerals, including lithium and all, which is the future of the world today, as we know that uh, these. So that's where it is very much interested in investing hugely. Uh, but for that, you need peace and stability. And if if you were to extrapolate the Chinese mind and their discussions with Afghanistan, with Taliban, you would presume that in terms of protection and stability, it is offering investments and trade and development uh, to, to Afghanistan. Because Taliban mm -hmm. also today is a 20-year-old later. It is far more, uh, you know, it, it is looking to rule. It is not and to govern, and governing Afghanistan has been the biggest problem and challenge for any government. So to do that, development is very important, and I think that's what China is looking at. When it comes to Pakistan, several political experts have viewed that Taliban's takeover as a big gain for the country. A report by the Rand Corporation, a global public policy think tank, stated that Islamabad favours a weaker Kabul government dominated by a supportive Taliban so that it can maintain strategic depth against an Indian invasion. And given the long-standing relationship that Pakistan has had with Taliban, from being its place of genesis in 1994 to sheltering its leaders post 9-11, it does stand on firmer ground compared to India and China when it comes to engaging with the group. However, Mr. Tringunayat believes that for Pakistan, a Taliban-led Afghanistan is a two-headed snake. He speaks on how Pakistan continued to remain in the Taliban's fold over the years, but its relations with the new Taliban may not be as smooth as it perceives to be. Coming to Pakistan, number one is we know that in the first place, the Americans helped Pakistan and Saudi Arabia helped Pakistan create Mujahideen to fight the Soviets. Right? So they were actually, along with Pakistan, they created Taliban in the first place. 
So this is the same Taliban, uh, which is after 20 years is taking power once again. Now, Pakistan has continued to, especially the deep state of Pakistan, that is its ISI, its military, has continued to remain uh, invested in Taliban, trying to help them and trying to refurbish uh, their military capabilities as well, their strategy as well. So they, they are very much well invested, which was very clearly evident from the kind of strategies Taliban adopted uh, during this warfare and can be a matter of a study. But now, uh, and it is also true that Taliban was hedged basically in Pakistan. All the leaders were either uh, born, studied, or whatever it is today, Mullah Brother to, to Hazibullah and all that, everybody. So what we are looking at is, there are two fold you have to see. One is their influence. Secondly, we need not think of Taliban as a monolith. It is eight, nine known groups in this. Pakistan definitely has a very great influence over Haqqani network, Sirajuddin, Haqqani, and all that. Now, they are, of course, going to be the part of the government. They are the sanctioned entities, but they are the ones who are really the Pakistan's uh, main force uh, against India in that sense of the term. Then you also have in Pakistan something called Tariq e Taliban Pakistan, which is against the Islamabad government and has been inflicting damage on it. It does not like. It would rather see a Pakistan being Talibanized. So the, this will this may create a major problem for Pakistan per se. Thirdly, I would say that the Pakistan's uh, the refugee problem in Pakistan could also because Pakistan also cries all the time that we are being we are suffering from terrorism. We have lost so many people to terrorism. So it might one way or the other is trying to seek a strategic depth in Afghanistan that has been its quest for all along. But what if there is a Taliban is getting the strategic depth into Pakistan? Then it will have a bigger problem. Its economy is in dire straits. Its main benefactors, I mean, Americans are no longer there. And they will, they will see to it that the Pakistan was double-crossing them as far as Taliban listing was concerned. From the perspective of New Delhi, engaging with Afghanistan is a double-edged sword. On one hand, it will continue to support the people of Afghanistan and maintain connectivity with Central Asia. This would also mean safeguarding its ongoing trade relations with Afghanistan. On the other hand, it will have to engage with the group which it has publicly opposed since it came to relevance. But India's concerns with Taliban's rise also equate to a potential increase in terror activities in Jammu and Kashmir, since Pakistan-based groups like Lakshar e Taiba have also some presence in Afghanistan. And with the Taliban now having access to modern warfare weapons supplied by the US to the now foreign Afghanistan National Defense Force, the possibility of a deadly attack has only increased. Mr. Tringunayat believes that India has to decide whether to look at the current development in Kabul as a glass half empty or a glass half full. He expands on the challenges that India may face in the short term and what should be India's focus in the long term. Well, what I say is that either we have to look at it as the glass half full or the glass half empty, right? So I feel that what India has done in the past 20 years is a very significant developmental project in 34 provinces of Afghanistan, not in one part or the other across the board and many places where Taliban was already present and they have seen it. And that is the reason that they are asking India to return and complete those projects or undertake those projects. Now, if you think that strategically, politically, they're going to be with you, as long as in my view, Taliban reforms itself a little bit or it has already reformed and is able to ensure that it will really not be used by Pakistan-based terrorist groups against India. I think we winning wicket in that sense. Because yesterday or day before yesterday, Taliban again reiterated 
that Kashmir is a problem between India and Pakistan. It is a bilateral issue. We have nothing to do with it, which is a major thing coming from there. And this was being said earlier also, a couple of years ago, which was an indication that they wanted to engage with India to some extent. So I think that now that we are seeing that some statements are being made, of course, Pakistan will try everything in this power to not let Taliban be a little closer to India. So our, our biggest challenge is going to minimize that design of Pakistan, exactly how we can do. China, obviously, I mean, China will also not let you, but China alone feels that it may not be able to do. We have, we have to work with Russians. We have to work now with the Iranians. And uh, we have to see how things develop, not solely depend on the Americans. There are many people who are talking about that we can work through Quad and all that. I mean, those are, uh, I, in my view, are very bully ideas at this stage. I think the short-term goal is basically to see which kind of a government comes into play. I think uh, today I, they, they have declared it to be the Islamic Emirate already on the 102nd Independence Day of Afghanistan. So it has become a div, uh, definitively an Islamic Emirate. That means uh, yeah. the constitution that Amrullah Saleh and others were talking about uh, virtually is non-existent. It has been legitimized by the Americans by signing the Doha Agreement. I always say that. The Chinese and Russians have made good statements. We have yet not said, but what we have said is that people of Afghanistan, we are talking from that perspective. So in the short term, you have to keep watching, try to get your people out of the place, and then see to it that what is this government like? To what extent can we work? Secondly, I think that if there is an humanitarian effort uh, to assist Afghanistan, India should take the lead in that, because that is one of our fortes. We should not be just sitting or shying away from doing that and continue with our uh, back channel discussions with the help of Qatar, with the help of Russians, with the help of Iranians. At the moment, there seems to be no easy option for India on the table. But what is clear is that its decision in the coming weeks regarding Afghanistan will impact the geopolitics and peace in the entire region. If you liked listening to this episode, please subscribe to The Big Story for episodic updates. We're available on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, GeoSaban, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quint website. And for any feedback, please shoot an email to podcast at thequint.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quince website and check out our other podcasts.